Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. For today's episode, we have Michael McNair, who is an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur focusing on virtual reality, augmented reality, sports and athletic, and he's also a social impact driven entrepreneur, as we met a couple years ago in Starting Block um, Accelerated Summer Leadership Program. So I'm going to let Mike tell you a little bit more about himself and his entrepreneurial ventures and passions. Thank you, Georgie. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Um, I'm seeing that I'm, I've been doing that a lot more lately, which is really incredible. Uh, I really commend uh, the individuals that are, you know, reaching out to these stories. So um, I, you know, first thing I met Georgie, Starting Block. Starting Block was amazing for me. I, I got to meet a tremendous amount of powerful people um, that, you know, didn't just have great ideas, but had impact behind them. And I think that's um, really different when it comes down to not just running for money, but also running for purpose. And I think if you run for purpose, uh, you can run a lot longer if you're just, you know, on a wheel, on, on a rat wheel for, for, for financial gains. So that's where we met at. Um, starting block was huge for me. Uh, virtual, virtu now what I basically do now, um, I focus on, um, my company, which is called 55B. And what we do is, uh, we are. We have two missions. Um, one mission, two sentences. That's uh, democratizing artificial intelligence, and then the next line is using that education to solve complex human problems. Uh, I was in virtual reality and augmented reality for a few years. Um, I was the winner of the MIT Hackathon. Uh, we won for Best Vive. We built a, a healthcare software to help elderly patients get out of bed. Uh, we did that in about two and a half days at anybody that goes to hackathons. MIT is a great place to have a hackathon or to uh, to go to one for virtual reality. Um, and then I got into augmented reality where we were doing more with computer vision and spatial mapping. As I was seeing a bridge of VR and AR, I saw a lot of people that weren't in, like basically people of color, um, you know, people from un underrepresented, um, you know, you know, demographics. I saw that there was a really big gap. Um, and once I'm, I'm the type of individual, if I get curious, once I get curious, I can get obsessed. Um, mm -hmm. so, I got really, so I got really obsessed with those two technologies and that, you know, in the beginning, it got me to study neuroscience. Wow. And because once I put, once you put the VR headset onto your head, I wanted to know what was actually happening to us. You know, the different realities that people talk about going into. So I started to really do a lot of research on, you know, neuroscience. And that is what has kind of looped me into where I am now with artificial intelligence and the current company I have now. Nice, nice. Awesome. So that's a really cool perspective of like what's actually going on inside your head. Because we know we have glasses over our faces. Um, how was that journey um, embarking up on neuroscience? Did you find any cool insights from that, that experience and that study? 
Yeah. Um, so um, I live and breathe neuroscience now. Um, I've I wrote a few different papers on it. A couple of them got published. Um, and and basically, I would say that you know we we live in a subconscious and a conscious world. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things that a lot of us speak about, whether it's our subconscious mind, can we be primed? Are we programmed? Uh, are we actually living in a world of consciousness? How can we get consciousness? Um, are we just living and just walking throughout something that's already been programmed? Um, I explain this on several different feats when it comes to virtual reality. Uh, um, you can prime yourself. I mean, they're, they're doing things like um, healing um, within VR. They're doing things like, uh, you know, correcting, uh, you know, that uh, where you move your eye, your eye moves, your, one of your eyes move, but the other one's done. I, I forgot what that that particular intellect, uh, what that's called. So there's a lot of different applications. I mean, one that we did was, you know, we helped elderly patients rehabilitate that were in hospitals. So we built a, a rehabilitation product that the person completely forgot that they were in a hospital. Wow. We did that in Boston. So like that in itself got me really, really interested in like, okay, this is something we're putting onto our eyes. And some people might know that 60% of the things that we compute actually comes through our eyes. Our senses are really small. You know, what we taste is, you know, a little bit, a little bit higher, but our eyes are basically like they say, the windows to our soul. That is not, <laughs> that is the truth. So um, there is a lot of things that we can do with our eyesight and, and VR was one of those things for me that kind of really got me. I mean, this is the, one of the closest things that we can get to when it comes to our brain. Um, so yeah, so what, what kind of got me down that road was I, I trinkled from being, from being just in a product market, like hardware, like virtual reality or augmented reality with my, with my phone to doing, you know, where we are now, how can I get more people to understand artificial intelligence, deep mm -hmm. learning, and how can I build business applications that are applicable, um, for the future? And, you know, getting into that, I'm learning that researchers, people that are implementing these products are still very much in the beginning stages. So yes. right there, I saw an opportunity because I kept going up this hill and I'm like, man, there's not that many people that look like me. <laughs> I hear that story. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I had this conversation with a, a good friend of mine, um, and I'll talk about why I moved to San Francisco. Um, and I said, you know, it's starting to get to a point where I'm having difficulty um, speaking to certain people. And the difficulty came because I'm, I, I feel like I'm on a trajectory of, of, of having an insatiable thirst for, for education in this particular field, mm -hmm. it's very hard to have a, a, a conversation with people that want to ask good questions or understand it or even care um, the, on the same level as me. And, and that is from uh, whether the person is white, black, blue, green, Chinese, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so it, it just, it, it started to really fuel why I'm here. You know, what's my purpose, right? That's what a lot of us ask ourselves. What is our purpose on earth? What is, our, what, what is the reason that we're, we're all doing this? Why are we all fighting this battle? Um, so I, yeah, so I, I feel like, you know, we're at a point right now when my business is about a year old. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, we have what we, we have signed some really large deals, some really good deals. Um, we basically, uh, what we do for AI, we basically can, we, we are a sentiment analysis for workplace morale. So we basically can tell you how your company feels, how you feel about your company using natural language processing and artificial intelligence. And we create reports and analytics for enterprise and startup companies. So as an employee, yeah. you kind of like stalk us using AI to figure out how we feel about the company. Is that what you're telling me? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it that way. Mm. I wouldn't say it that way at all. <laughs> but it's I more so for, like, for, for good results. So that way the company could do better, the employees could do better. So, so think, ethical so, so think about it as a company, every company has a culture mm -hmm. and you know, every employee wants to make sure that companies fits with their culture. So as an employer side, yeah, you know, we can, we can understand the, the pulse on the beat of their company on, on their particular company. And as an individual, we're also giving um, data sets to the individual so that they understand their conceptual needs as well. So, you know, we're building a Google Chrome extension. So maybe when you're sending emails or text messages, you can also take a look at it yourself and be like, you know what, I got a report. Oh, wow. That's, you know, sim sim maybe similar to our health because it, it, it all ties in, you know, what we say to people, how we talk, Definitely. Our, our levels, the things that we text, all of that is, is construed and sometimes is mixed in with gray area. And, you know, we, we saw um, a need, especially around the, the heat of this particular year mm -hmm. with everything going on. We felt like this was something that needed to be in the market. And then we started to work around different ways to imply it. Nice. Awesome. Congrats on that. Really, truly congratulations. I'm going to bring you back a couple steps. You mentioned your move to San Francisco. Because when I met you, you were you know, out on the East Coast, you were in New Jersey, and I think it was like a week. You're like, oh, I gotta move to San Francisco. Like four days. I'm like, what? What's going on? So tell us a little bit about the craziness of going from one coast to the next, and like what made you do such an impulse move, you know, without having like a secure place to go, um, funding for it. Just like what made you feel the need to move and um, take that leap of faith. So um, I would say that it was a few different things. Um, I've been wanting to move to the West Coast for a while. I had a pit, that pit gut in my, you know, that, that, and, I, and I'll just, I'll just put this out there. Um, our, our stomach is, is our second brain. Our, our stomach has just as many neurons as a small cat. What? <laughs> our, our stomach has that as many neurons as, and we know cats are pretty smart animals. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had, I had that stomach, that, that pit fall stomach of wanting to, to move to the West coast, but I just didn't know how i didn't know how i would do it um one of the things that kind of got me up there was the la starting block when i was a mentor yeah i got some gears rolling because that was one of my first times that i actually spent some time in la um but i just didn't know what i wanted to do and i didn't know if i was going to move to la or san francisco and that uncertainty like with my like my mama said you know that uncertainty means that it can lead to things that you never imagined um, anytime you had that uncertainty. So, um, you know, being in, being in New York was unbelievable. I got more into virtual reality, more augmented reality. I was going down to the city every single day. I, I, you know, I left my job. I was going down to the city 
trying to find and really try to build a company around what we were doing in New York. And I kept getting a bottleneck. Um, and, and the bottleneck was, I couldn't really build out a good team. Um, a lot of the times that I kept speaking about what I wanted to do, it just sounded like I was speaking another language. Wow. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, for me, it hurt, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm in New York. This is an unbelievable place. This is uh, finance, um, technology. But then I realized something. As, all, as I was hitting these, these walls, I was still learning. And the more that I learned, the more that I knew that I couldn't be here. And that if I wanted to really do something in technology, it had to be across to, to the West Coast because everything was happening there. And the number one thing I would say is this, it was the mindset of the people on the West Coast. Uh, the, pe the people in New York, amazing. You know, I have so many friends in New York. I, you know, a lot of connections that I got in New York. I mean, there's a lot of things that happened that the lines, the, the, the universe kind of connected. Uh, when I went to the MIT hackathon and we won it, I met um, the CEO of River Studios, who is one of my best friends, and I can call a friend to the death now, who has helped me out tremendously in San Francisco. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for her. So that happened in Boston. Um, a good, another good friend of mine who's a contributor in my book, uh, Charlie Fink, is another individual that was in New York that helped me come out to, West, to the West Coast. So there's a lot of things that if I didn't do my diligence here, I wouldn't have survived. I mean, I would have survived because I'm a, I'm a grinder regardless. Yeah, uh, but, but it would have been probably harder, you know? It would have been so much harder. So, I mean, so after, so um, what kind of led me to, to going over to the West Coast was um, I had an idea for augmented reality. I wanted to build an application that when you walked into a room, you were able to connect with people just with your phone in real time using okay. spatial mapping, artificial intelligence, and computer vision. Um, I won't go through those things. We'll just. <laughs> but, Don't worry, I'm listening. <laughs> so, so I wanted to do that, and that's, and I thought that was a big enough idea to bring out to SF. I said, you know what, S San Francisco, you got to have wild ideas. So this is one. Um, and then I started hitting a bottleneck in New York and I said, you know what? I can't, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. I have to go to San Francisco. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can in order to do that. Um, when I, when I went out there, you know, I had no place to stay. <laughs> um, nothing. Uh, I, the first, I, I, when I got out there, I stayed with my friend for a week and a half, who is a mentor, who is my father's mentee. Um, I stayed with him for a week and a half. Um, and I met other people. But the thing about it was that, that really, for me, that I saw in myself was the fact that I just never, I never gave up, um, ever. And I think, and another thing was I kept reading. So, you know, I didn't have places to stay. Um, I didn't, there was times I had no food. Um, you know, it came to a point where I was sleeping in the office, um, you know, a few days a week because that's what has to be done. And when you feel something and you feel that, that feeling, not just in your brain, in your stomach, in your heart or wherever else you want to say, when you feel those things, and then you 
and apply them into life, they work themselves out. And, and, I, and I can say that because when I learned more about my brain and I was studying other people's brains too, um, we've done clinical studies with this particular AI product. I'm, I'll come back to that. But as I was learning more about my brain, I was understanding that, I, and I put, this, I put this somewhere, we are built to contend with this world. And that, that's, a, that's a model of mine I keep in my head. We are built to go through some really tough things. And when you look at people of color, we are built even broader to have it. I thought about this a few different times. Um, I think about all the way back into slavery, even all the way up to now, you know, the, the, the ability of what has happened to our entire systemic culture and the fact that all of us can even still communicate like this is remarkable. I'm talking about from a biological to a science standpoint, to an entrepreneurial standpoint, to having us some, you know, some of us be billionaires. I find that and having some of us in space, to having some of us, you know, in in uh, in the presidency, still boggles my mind, and because of the way in which the the, the fertile land was was built out for us. That type of stuff keeps me going because I know what we've been through. And um, so, yeah, like I was saying, you know, I'm on the ramen noodle diet. You know, I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking for we're looking for funding, trying to raise a million dollars, uh, looking for customers. And throughout this entire time, January, February, March, I end up filling out a team of six people Wow, with no money. Persistency and knowledge, my, my friend. Wow. And that team now, um, we are working on big things. We have a, we've gotten three different advisors, all of them from AWS, from Amazon, Google, Microsoft, all of those people just believe in what we're doing in myself. And you can't forget those things. And I mean, and I feel like at this particular point, when we have customers, we have clients, uh, we have a product. Uh, we are 80% more in front of a lot of other companies that have failed. Um, and we have the number one uh, law firm to represent us as well. So, I mean, I would say that it's been more than um, mental stress because I feel like I'm just mentally just focused. I think once, and I think that's another thing that comes down to uh, my genetics. My mother being a minister uh, has, you know, my father, you know, being, uh, having his, getting his master's from Yale, he's pretty educated. But my mom having the ability to, with, to, to stand through anything, I think that particular thing has bled in me um, to even believe in things when they're not there. Um, even when the things are the worst, you know, you can't fall off the floor. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's like having faith. Like that's that's the best way to like sum it up. Like that faith that everything will work out okay if you just, you know, work hard, stay persistent, but also being consciously aware of when you should be giving up. So like, you know, the move from New York to San Francisco, you could have said, Oh, I'm just gonna stay in New York and keep persisting, keep persisting, but persistence applied to nonsense is just a waste of time. So, you know, you knew that it wasn't going anywhere, but you could see that 
if you persisted in a different situation, that it could lead to somewhere and you could have faith and continue that process. So that's really... And I would say this even, I would say this even for a lot of the people that, that are going to be listening, um, uh, entrepreneurship is, has been praised because of a lot of the 1%, 2%, 3%. Um, I would say that um, a, a good founder is a good founder. You know, you, you, you can find them. They, they're mm-hmm. pretty cool. They apply to different things. A great founder knows when to pivot. Yep, that is a major key right there. <laughs> a great founder understands himself, understands the his team, and understands, you know what? I gotta know when to pivot. I gotta go, I gotta know when to be agile. I gotta know when to, to pick it up and pull all streams ahead. I gotta know when to pull back. Uh, at the end of the day, a great founder knows when he has to pivot. And if and if you can't tell, then it's better you work at another a big, big company or something. You know, it's better that you don't try to do anything on your own because if, especially if you're trying to push on a team and have people, I mean, I'll tell you one particular story. We were focused on the AR um, particular as, aspect of the application and we got about three or four months in and I got asked a particular question about the technology they, they said, not my team, but I had an investor from Silicon Valley, you know, right where everyone talks about. He says, are you an AR AI company or are you an AI AR company? And that question in itself. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I And I had to take a step back and I was like, and that question alone, and what I do is, I mean, one of my, another one of my things I, that I say is, I, um, I judge my friendship based upon the questions we ask one another, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my friendship with people, like based off the questions we ask one another is, 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 is our friendship, our level of friendship. So he says, he said that to me and I was like, wow, I took a step back and then I went to my CTO and I said, look, this is what's going on. I think we need to make this pivot. And he was like, is this what you're looking to do? I said, yeah. And he was just like, you know what? Wow. I'm really into it. But then what I had to do was this is where I got nervous (laughs) because I had to tell the rest of the team. And when you tell really smart people that you're making a pivot, people are like, yeah. So I'll never forget this. I got on the call and um, I had my, I told, like I told my couple, my advisors and, um, I get on the phone call and I tell them and, and then he says, uh, it's really quiet. And then my advisor says, this is awesome. And I'm just like, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, wow, like that, that's powerful, you know? And that's what, and that's what the type of things that kind of drive you, you know? And so that was really big. I think that was for me. Um, and it's, it's continue. It's been just the seeds in which I have been able to uh, plant are somewhat sprouting up. I can see it. Awesome, awesome. All right, Mike. So I would like to now dive a little bit into your family life. So I know you have a family dynamic and just how did they feel about like the move? Um, What impact does it have? And like, how do you balance like work um and your family and personal life um i like to call it like work-life synergy but like how do you make it all work yeah okay so great question um i would say that 
it's it's very difficult. Um, when I had to make the move, I knew that um, a part of me was still going to be in New York. And as long as I live, especially you know with my son Christopher, it's it is very very difficult in order to um, handle being away when you're you know across the world. Basically, um, the me and the mom are not together you know uh we we haven't been but my son is very very important in my life when it comes to the next generation of thinkers um and i would say that the more that i've studied the brain and the more that i know how important it is um the harder that i run and focused on it for him and i know that there's going to come a point in time where both of the roads are going to meet because of the fact that, you know, I want to build not just a product or a brand. I want to share this with everyone else in my family. Right. So like and generational. Exactly. And, and that's different than working at a company and then giving people money. Mm-hmm. What I want to build is understanding of not just where we are now, but where we're going to be at in the next 20 years, because I research it. I know the people that are building products for it. Um, I think that's more important than anything else. We, you know, you know, our, our children are going to live in different worlds than we ever thought of. You know, some of them might not even need driver's licenses. You know, we might not even need insurance. Um, we, you know, by, the, by that time, 20 years, we'll be, you know, we going to Mars. You know, we'll have flying cars. We'll have hyperloops where they're underneath the, the railroad. That knowing that, um, and I got, and I, I remember one of my good friends who um, who's actually a really, really, you know, humbling entrepreneur as well. He said that, you know, we know more than a lot of people on not even just not even just in the country, but on earth, you know, being in Silicon Valley, you know, seeing all these products that have went up and down and, and entrepreneurs that's done so much, you get a real taste of what failure looks like. And I think that's what um, where I'm at, because I failed so much in my life. Uh, and, I, and I think that's what kind of also drives me is the failure that that one hit after another that that contender gladiator lifestyle. And I know that is something that in the future, that if I don't breed that um, in my family, then it's going to be, it's, I, I, I will never, I can't leave them like that. Um, and, and I'm saying, exactly. And, and me being 30, I'm talking about leaving them. I, I got like 60 years, 70 years left um, with modern day medicine. Uh, so I would say that, you know, I don't want to work for anybody ever um, again. And the products in which we're building are, are pretty advanced. And then when I, you couple that with, you know, wanting to be an expert in the field or you know, considered an expert in the field and then saying, Hey, this is a lot of knowledge. And I want you to make sure that you take the skills that I've learned and to apply them. And then you make some money. Okay, cool. You make some money. 
um, I think that's really I think that's really important for anyone with a family at all. But I will say this: having a balance. Mm -hmm. And I, and and I and I have said this on several occasions. I don't think there is one. And I'll explain that. I know what I've given up. I know what I've had to go through in order to get where I'm at today, consciously, right? There's a lot of stuff that's happened subconsciously, but consciously now. If you want something that has never been done, you have to be willing to do things that you, that you, that you know are going to be very much hard to take and hard to swallow. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we subtract, right? We say, you know what, I'll take that for this. And then that happens subconsciously. And then we make a conscious decision and then anything could be altered. So I know what I had to do. It was a brute moment in time where I had to go went and now all these other things happened because of it and i see that as from a family aspect i say you know what my mom has been truly supportive um i mean a complete rock i mean a complete rock and if it wasn't for her i don't know i don't know what would go on you know i don't know what would happen and and i think that just comes back to me saying that you know she is iron she has faith uh even in her you know i mean she has even when things aren't the greatest she still has faith in me and that is another tool another um you know subconscious thought that i think in my mind that kind of keeps me going as well that that i'll go in front of investors i hear no 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 i'll mm -hmm. go to another event meet more investors no no okay cool no next person this person says well you know what you don't have the okay i have this now i have this customer i have that customer i got this one that one and now i can say publicly you know i'll be pitching to i'll be speaking one-on-one -on -one to one of the biggest investors in all of silicon valley and, and not that many people even get to speak to this dude at all. And that in itself is a small little win, a small little win. Um, but I would say that, you know, my family lifestyle, I've separated myself from being the only McNair myself on the West Coast. So yeah, it's been lonely. Um, but the phone calls, my close friends and, um, pictures <laughs> they they <laughs> and facetimes and facetime yeah. the technology do, definitely helps they do they it does help it does help um it, it's been rough it's been real rough and and uh but i but i i have faith i have faith in myself i have faith in practicality i have faith in and people enough in order that we're going to make some really some really great things happen Awesome, awesome. So, you know, guys, as Michael is kind of reiterating, it's mostly about persistence, kind of knowing, figuring out yourself. It is a journey. And also knowing what works for you and what sacrifices that you have to, be make, have to make and just being content with the circumstances that surround that sacrifice, whether it's because um, there will be good circumstances and there are also bad circumstances. Yeah. So just being aware and then content with it. Just saying, okay, I'm going to accept the circumstance that comes with this sacrifice and this choice that I'm going to make. And I, I mean, and I would say even to attest to that, I mean, as well, that we, 
are, you know, to the entrepreneurs, it depends on what you want to do, right? You're going to have a, you're going to have a different life in three to five years, right? You can have whatever life you want, whatever it is, pick it. After you pick it, set yourself up. If it's a chain of coffee shops, cool. Set your mind up in order to do that. Understand that life in, in some aspects is suffering. It's hard. It's, it's on purpose. And you're not going to get another chance at it. Right? When, when I had to deal with it in my particular standpoint, because everyone's different, I knew what I was getting into. I knew the space that I was going into was whitewashed. I know that there's 17 and a half African-Americans in the U.S. I know that there's 328 million people in, in America. I know there's 61% of the, of the U.S. population is white. I understand that, you know, China owns AI. But I don't care. I think you have to have part of that. I think part of that has to be in you. Part of it's genetic. Other, you know, nature and nurture, we learn a lot about that. Um, and then you got to have faith. You know, at the end of the day, you got to have faith. You got to be able to believe in something that's not even, the road isn't even there yet. Awesome, awesome. And if you want to just, you know, that was great advice. But just to give like one final quick piece of advice to the audience, what would it be? Um, I would say being an entrepreneur I've been doing this now. My first company was when I was 23 years old. I was an international professional basketball trainer. And I thought I was an entrepreneur. I was wrong. I had a safety net. I had a job. I was building a company on the side. I had more of a side hustle. When you are a true entrepreneur, you leave everything else behind. You, you jump with no net. And when you do those things and you completely go after it, because I had to kind of, there's been a time where I had to, to make a decision between eating and, and, and get taken an Uber. That's where the most creative things in my brain have come from. So to the entrepreneurs, if, if you want to know just how far you're willing to go, and I've said this in the beginning, I'll say this now, you know, we're all built to contend with the world. You want to realize how far you'll go, take everything you think you have and just minimalize it. Because now anything can be built. So uh, that's my advice to the people that are going to come after this, to the people that are interested in AI and, and other technologies, or just building their brand, or just building themselves uh all of it happens just because i'm in technology doesn't mean that it's different than anyone else i played basketball for 22 years so you know people tell me oh you're a basketball player how are you in ai it can happen <laughs> so it doesn't matter what field awesome awesome i just want to say a big thank you for being here today mike and giving your insight your perspective of what it takes to really be an entrepreneur and just telling us about your entrepreneurial journey um and i know folks are going to take a lot away from this and you know i think it's important to just let folks know take what you can and not because your journey happened like that 
means that everyone else's journey is going to happen like that. And that's really the purpose of the show. There's going to be a lot of different perspectives. Some will resonate and some will not. And just being able to take what you can from the knowledge given is really the key and applying it where it makes sense in your personal life. Um, guys, you'll be able to find more information about Mike and the um, and 52 Cloud. 55 55B. 55B. 55B, I got that so wrong. Yeah, it's all right, it's all right. 55, and, I, and I, I didn't explain this. So 55B is the name of the company, and um, that's actually short for Area 55B, and that is the part of the brain that deals with visual storytelling. Awesome, awesome, cool. So it ties right back into the AI, VR, or AI, AR. There's so much technology. Um, but yes, you can find more information about him in the comment section and check him out and the work that he's doing. And thank you so, so much for being here with us today. Thank Mike. you so much. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. You're doing some amazing things. I follow all of your stuff on Instagram. Thank I you. really love it. It's really dope. I see how hard you work every single day with your family. And I mean, it's a, it's a testament to who you are to, to be consistent. That in itself is a skill in its own is consistency and you are persistent and consistent <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for that comment thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of doing the most catch us here next week same time same place if you can't wait head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected until next time keep on doing